Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of the episode room 163 of my 16 music podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. First of all, I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 163 of my 60 music podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or on Stitcher, or on iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is Ums Give You a Description of what the show's all about? Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 26-year-old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a 16, I'm also a huge 16 music fan slash expert slash nerd. Each week with this podcast, I take one song by one artist and can split the show in two parts. First part of the show, I talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks, and then do my own personal arrangement of the song, which will include the chords, playing lyrics. And second part of the show deepens the history behind that track. And that part of the show, talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what see the song is recorded at, whether it be the session musicians or the band members that played on the song, talk about musicians that played on it and where it was recorded, talk about the history behind the song or who wrote the song and produced the produced history behind the studio the song was recorded at. And the and and uh, the peak song song made up originally Billboard Hot One Hundred charts when it first came out in the era of the song's release, the history behind the label the song's release on all that is in the second part of the show. Now before we move on this week's episode of the podcast, um I want to let you guys in on something really, really special that I'm very, very excited to announce for you guys. Um, my next podcast guest is going to be in two weeks. So not this, not next week, but the week after. And I'm really, really excited to get to talk to him because this guy, you know, is just, I'm really, really stoked, to, you know, just to, you know, just to get to interview him because he's worked on some of my favorite records of all time. Uh, he is he's been behind the board on so many hit records, and this guy was a recording engineer. So his his role in this music is a he played a little bit of a different role than the guy that wrote the songs and and the, and the musicians that played on them. But he was very very important because at the time, you know, songwriters were not recording engineers, and and studio musicians were not recording engineers either. You know, the, the, the musician's jobs were to show up to the studio and the songwriter's jobs were to write the songs for the recording sessions, but they needed somebody to be able to put all those different pieces together, put the song together, the musician's playing the song and the singer that's singing it. They need they need someone to, you know, put all those things together, and that's that's when the job of the recording engineer came in handy. This He came up at a time where it was basically, you know, it was impossible for a songwriter to be their own recording engineer, and also... It was very difficult for musicians to do do their own home recording because a lot of you know there were there was no more computers, there was no DAWs back then, so it was very very much a mechanical job being a recording engineer back in the sixties. It was very much like just not an easy thing to do because you really know how to work these big expensive you know tape machines that were just bulky and just very and just like had a lot of, there was a lot of bells and whistles involved a lot of the recording equipment they were using so they needed someone who really really could you know knew how to use that and knew how to use it properly and knew how to get good sounds you know out of these different microphones and different pieces of equipment they were using so just EQs and compressors and they need someone who could do that really really well and that's when the engineer jobs came in 
And, uh, you know, it's funny because nowadays anybody can do their home recording back then. It wasn't like that. So I'm very excited to get talked to him because he worked on some huge hit records, including Brown Eyed Girl, uh, Kentucky Woman, Thank the Lord for Nighttime, You Got to Me, Girl You'll Be a Woman, Zoom and You'll Diamond, Rain and Park and Other Things for the Cowsills, How Do You Ever, How Do you ever Get This Way by Andy Kim, uh, also uh, Chapel Love by Dixie Cups. Um, also, he recorded, uh, you know, Jelly Beans and I Love Him So Bad, all the Shangri-La's hits. Um, remember Walking the Sand and Leader of the Pack and Give, me, give Him a Great Big Kiss. I mean, Jafon's One Fine Day. I mean, he's worked on so many hit records as a recording engineer. I'm very, very excited and honored to get to talk to him because he is somebody that is, you know, I'm, I've, I, he's worked on some of my favorite records of all time. And I'm so thrilled to get to interview him because he really did some, he worked on some amazing records that I still love to this day. So um, I've been trying to get him on for a long time. You know, he had, you know, I couldn't get him on earlier in the summertime because, you know, he had a, he had some family issues. But now I'm very excited to get to talk to him because I've been trying to get him on for so long. And that just goes to show you how patience and persistence works. So not this week, not not next week, but the week after is when we get to talk to him. So next, so the week after next week will be an interview episode. And then, you know, my other planned interview episode I was thinking about doing with Frank Jekyll and Einstein Frucum Company. He unfortunately got sick, too. Uh, he Well, sorry, he unfortunately got sick with COVID. So, um, you know, I'm waiting for him to get better. So that way I can actually interview him with his partner, Pat Carwin, who was also in the band at the same time as him. So. I'll let you guys know when that happens, but for now, enjoy this interview with Brooks Arthur when it happens. Um, I might record it because it might be my very first in-person interview in two years, so actually three years technically, so I'm very, very excited to get to you know talk to him in person, and, I, and if I do film it, I'm definitely going to offer it as another piece of content that you guys can buy, you know, as, as another asset that, you know, for this podcast other than listening to it for free on all the platforms, so... I'm very, very excited to get to interview him. Let's get started this week's show. Okay, so it's 2022. It's a fresh new year for this podcast and the fourth year of me doing this show. And I, I can't even begin to tell you how much ground I've covered on this podcast already. I've done so many different things. I've done garage rock. I've done psychedelic rock. I've done folk rock. I've done brill building pop. I mean, I've done like the British Invasion. I've done Motown. I've done Chicago Soul, I've done Memphis Soul, I've done Southern Soul. I've done basically about everything you can think of when it comes to music from the 60s. So there might be some repetition going on, uh, you know, further on with me doing this podcast. It might, might, might see me covering some of the same things I've already talked about. So, um, you know, just, just to let you know that. Um, but I'm, but this week I want to start off this podcast with a very, very different kind of a song that I've never really done before on the show. This is, this is, this is a weird record and I, I can't promise you that this is going to be something that you're, that you're going to be in love with because you might not like this song, to be honest with you. Um, it's a very, very different kind of a song. It's a garage rock song, but it's strange. It's, but it's also revolutionary because you know, for those of you who grew up listening to punk rock, you know, in the eight, in the eighties and nineties and the two thousands, or pop punk and that whole sort of you know rave scene music that you know that you know that you they grew up listening to the, the skaters that would listen to this music, sort of the grindcore sort of metal sort of the stuff that I I don't really care for. But if you like listening to this kind of music and you grew up listening to that music and you're around my age, then you'll love the song we're about to cover because. It, it it was one probably one of the very first songs to really you know you know talk about that 
or more or less sort of it, the the seed the the seeds of this genre of music were planted with this song specifically because it it, it was a, it was a very early sort of uh you know version of that before it kind of florist into the 70s and late 70s early 80s and even through the 90s so this is a very very early version of that it was a different kind of song a different kind of rock song in general this is this was a departure for rock music back in the 60s it was it was weird I mean, it was it was not the kind of song you would expect from a rock band back in the '60s. I mean, at that point, rock and roll music was fun. It was a good timey. It was exciting. It was like you know, kind of campy to a certain extent. You know, with a lot of those dance craze songs and even like some of the British invasion music. I mean, yes, I mean there were the Kinks, but they were still kind of on the love song sort of trip. This is actually more. This is this the song deals a lot with teenage angst, and I'll get into more of that when I when I dive into lyrics for this song, but. It's a very interesting song musically because it sounds different. It doesn't sound like very typical music from that time. It sounds very weird. And uh, I'll, I'll go into more of that in a second, but this is just a very strange song. I don't know if I call this a great song, but it's it's very fascinating and very interesting to talk about. So let's, I'm not going to, I'm going to shut up now. I'm not going to get into the song. Okay, so this song came out in November 1966. It's by a group called The Music Machine. The name of the song is called Talk Talk. I got me a complication, and it's an only child. Consider my reputation as something more than what I know it serves me right, but I can't sleep at night. Have to hide my face or go some other Wow, this is a di- this is definitely a different kind of a record for me. I mean, this is even out of my wheelhouse because I don't typically like songs like this. I don't listen to music like this on a regular basis. This is a very weird song. Like you, you, if you know me, you would think Sam doesn't like heavy metal. Like, like he doesn't like this kind of music. Normally, I don't. But this is definitely an interesting record because it did come out in the sixties and. It has a weird sound to it, and today I'm going to talk about what makes this song so interesting, both musically and lyrically, because I think this is worth talking about, uh, and you know why why this song was very super influential to other genres of music that came out after it. But first, let's talk about the music. Okay, so here's the thing: the the music of this song. It's a departure from other stuff from the sixties. You know, it's it's very weird. Um, it, <laughs> it, it it sounds it's, it's strange. Um, first of all, it, it's it's definitely in that sort of droning, sharp key. That's for sure. It's definitely in a sharp key. It's it's it, it, it's it, it has it it's in it's in D sharp minor, or E flat minor, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and, and it's in it's in E flat minor, which is weird, right? First for a sixty song to be in that key. I mean, the four toss burned out, that was in E flat minor. But I mean, it's strange for a song with this kind of texture to be in that weird droning minor key. And, you know, and here the other thing is is that in the in the, in the chorus of the song, you know, it, it does this thing where it's like it goes from F sharp major to G sharp major, and while that might seem typical if you're in the key of 
uh, C sharp major because that's a four or five. It sounds weird in this context because you're in the key of E, uh, D sharp minor. So that's that's weird um, to hear that 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 F sharp to G sharp thing in D sharp minor. That's strange um, because it sounds kind of modal, you know, because it it kind of it kind of you know it's it. It, it kind of gives it sort of this uh, this flat seven one kind of feel if you were in the key of, uh, you know, um, you know the uh, you know a, a flat major or G sharp major like you know it you know it gives it that flat seven one kind of feel to if you're in G sharp major but no you're in D sharp minor, so that's a little weird right and uh, you know it, it's with you know the other weird part about this song, is that you know in 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 the, it's like that in the verses right. And then it goes to E minor in the bridge, and then it just it, you know, and then it does basically it it goes to E minor, and then it basically, you know, it, it does that it does that thing where it just goes. And, and it, the weird part about the song is that how it gets from E minor back to the weird key that it was in before, because it's like the the first of all the intro is very strange. Because it starts out with uh, with D with uh, with with D sharp, and then it goes to G sharp, and then it goes to C sharp, and then it goes to D sharp minor. So you hear that, and that's and you're like, wow, that's weird, because it kind it kind of sounds like um, a five a five one four progression if you were in the key of G sharp, but you're not. And it go and it resolves in the E flat minor, and, and which is we were D sharp minor, which is weird because, you know, in in a in G sharp, D sharp is usually major, so it's it's weird. Um, you know, it's the song is super modal, a lot of parallel major, parallel minor stuff happening, and the and the energy of the song is is very punk rock because first of all, the song is less than two minutes long, which is a very signature punk rock thing. In the late seventies, early eighties, most songs were less than two minutes. Super angsty, super grungy, and uh, just you know, and also you know, it, you can tell that their instruments are so like metal, so down tuning. Like ooh, this is like this is so uh, polar opposite of something soother, pop, poppy, or something more, uh, you know, upbeat, something super colorful, happy major. This is the polar opposite of that. And you know the the drum. You know, first of all, the the drumming on the song is really good too. Even even in the bridge, right? Because that's a the, the bridge is also very metal too. When you hear that, when you hear the 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 the, the drummer basically slamming his, the hi hat and the you know and the and the ride, you know, slamming the they're they're slamming those parts to create this sort of sound of you know this sort of like you know double timing sort of sound with you know with with his with his left and right hand sort of just creating this very driving sort of uh you know eighth note beat happening dun 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 dun, dun. i mean that's a very and and, and kind of doubles it too so it sounds like a 16th note thing he's doing that's a total metal thing that he's doing but this is 1966 so this is even before metal existed so that's pretty crazy that this is one of the very first records to have that sort of sound and you know and you know the cut time nature of the chord progression is also really cool too how it's like you know it'll you know it's basically like two beats for e flat minor and then basically and then one beat for uh you know for uh, for d for uh for d flat you know or or it basically like um you know basically it's like c sharp to, to d sharp minor you hear that you know d sharp minor for two beats and then uh c sh- uh you know basically uh yeah d sharp d sharp minor for for two beats 
and then for C sharp it does it does one beat. So that's really cool. I mean, just whoa. It's there's some weird weird shit happening with this song, and and you know it's and the, the vocal the the guitar playing is really good on this song too because the rhythm really just gr- it's so jarring and grabs your attention right away. It's so just out there. It's like whoa, this is just a weird record, and uh, it's it's a it's a very it's it's a very jarring song. The vocal is just insane. I mean, it's very. You know he, you know I mean they could have they could have did some screaming on this record. It would have made it sound more current, but the the melody is so like vicious. I mean his vocal performance is like whoa, that's just like really really not pleasant sounding. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean especially you know he d- he does sort of do some punk rock sort of metal screaming in this song too. So I mean it, and it just like and even like the the ending of the song is even weirder because basically it it, it goes it goes from a it basically does that thing where it's like, you know, uh, you know, D sharp minor to F sharp major, and then there's that there's that thing where it keeps going back and forth between that, and then it ends on the, and then it just it just ends abruptly, and that's another thing about the song that makes it so pop rock. The abrupt ending of the song is very much a punk rock genre, late seventies, early eighties. It's a very very signature thing that they did. They, they just everything stopped cold. That was so signature for punk rock at the time. Very very important to that genre of music and. Uh, now let's get into the song's lyrics because that's a very another important part of the song which makes it a very precursor to punk rock. So before I really dive into the song's lyrics, I have to give you a little prefix on what rock and roll music, what 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 lyrically was going on with rock and roll songs before the song came out. Before this rock and roll songs were mainly, you know, laced with sexual innuendos or songs about partying, having a good time. Uh, you know, and just, you know, basic, bland, dance craze songs or relationships or, you know, cars and teenagers and that whole sort of thing. But this is a different kind of song. Why? Because the lyrics in the song, it, it's teenage angst on a whole nother level. Because if you're if you grew up listening to this kind of music, right, you know, punk rock, you know, you know, the scene music with, uh, you know, with the raves with the mosh pits and, you know, and that sort of thing, you know, the ear piercings and that whole scene with like, I don't know, asking Alexandria, the Black Veil Brides, that whole sort of genre music. And you're listening to the song, you're thinking to yourself, wow, I thought th- I thought that music was original, but this is really where it came from. Because this the, the, the human feelings and emotions that are involved in the lyrics in the song are very much this sort of thing where it's like, um, the the why don't people understand me? Why 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 don't people like me? Why why can't I speak up? Why do I have to constantly be shut down all the time? Um, why 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 am I not understood by my friends and my family? Um, why can't I get a word in edgewise? Um. I'm very frustrated. I'm very pissed off. I'm very angry about my current life situation. I'm antisocial. I don't talk to anybody. I don't feel good about myself. Um, I I just don't. I you know I don't feel good. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm on edge. I can't. I, you know, it's it's very difficult for me to go to sleep at night. You know, I have to. You know, avoid people at all costs because I'm afraid I might get angry at them. I might get violent towards them. And if you've ever felt this way, this song is for you. 
because this, you know, a lot of metal songs and punk rock songs were about very much the same human feelings and emotions that the song conveys in the lyrics in the song. And this, the crazy thing about it is that the song came out years before that genre was even in vogue. So, I mean, it's really amazing to hear a song like this, you know, so early on, you know, back when rock and roll music was, it was, it was getting pulled into a couple of different directions, right? There were songs about drugs and about like, you know, LSD and mushrooms and that whole thing. And then you had songs like this, which are very much, you know, again, the precursor to punk rock. But, you know, this is a very relatable song. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's again, it's all about being antisocial. It's all about feeling depressed and anxious and not feeling good about your current life circumstances, which is very much the, the human feelings and emotions. A lot of people that listen to the punk rock and the pop punk and the in the in the metal, the thrash metal, all the different subgenres of metal. You know, they they you know speed metal. They all feel these exact same human feelings and emotions that they're expressed in the song. Even though this song came out years before those genres were even big or even very much existed. So, um, you know, if if you listen to those genres of music and you're a fan of this, I I think you would love this song personally. And I think it's very, very relatable. And it's a different kind of a song because at this point, rock rock songs weren't weren't talking about this. It was either relationships, uh, it was either partying, having a, having a good time. Uh, you know, it, it was it was rock and roll music wasn't really delving in this deep lyrically into s- different human feelings and emotions that weren't typical of other music from that time. You know, I mean, the Shangri-La has delved into it a little bit, but there was there are more like girl teenage angst with the twist on more relationships, you know, with like boys and girls. This is totally different because this, this has nothing to do with girls. There is no mention of women in this song at all. I mean, uh, you know, it's like I know it's certainly right. I can't sleep and I had to find my had to hide my face, go some other place. I mean, there, there's no there's no mention. I mean, of le- of girls in the song or, at all. You know, uh, it's just, uh, it, it, and again, like, this guy really doesn't feel good about himself, like, even the chorus, right? My social life's a dead, my name is really mud, up to here with lies, I'm guessing down to size. So, obviously, you know, his social circle isn't really that great for him either, because he feels really bad about the people that are not being truthful with him. And uh, and if you listen to that kind of music, maybe, you're, maybe you've been in the same boat, you know, as this guy in this song. You know, so I, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's an interesting song, you know, and again, like even, even in the, in the bridge, right. Where he says, can't seem to talk about things that bother me seems to be what everyone has against me. I mean, now think about that for a minute. Think about all the different songs that came out in the late eighties, early nineties or late seventies, early eighties. So the whole pop punk genre, well, more or less, more or less punk rock in general. And also, you know, different, you know, versions of metal and just sort of the, the goth music that was big, you know, with, you know, with emo music at that time, you know, or, you know, emo music, you know, the, the whole thing with like Vans Warped Tour. If you, if you've ever been to that before and you've listened to that kind of music, uh, you know, it's not necessarily me, but if you, if you're if you're if you if that is your world and that's what you're raised on, then I guarantee you you will love this song because it very much encomposes that sort of the the sort of um, human same human feelings and emotions, the same feeling of being misunderstood, unloved, and un, 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 you know just that whole sort of thing that a lot of scene kids were you know were feeling when they were listening to songs like by asking Alexandria and like you know, Black Veil Brides, and I'm sorry if I'm, you know, keep using the same examples over and over again, because I, that wasn't me, 
I was an insane kid. I grew up on all these music, but when I listen to the song, I think about people who were seen kids and didn't grow up, did grow up listening to that kind of music. And I think to make the connection between you and 60s music, I think you're going to do that with this song specifically. So um, I'm very, ex- you know, so again, like if you, if you grew up listening to this music, again, you will love this song. It's very relatable and it came out years before even that genre even really existed. So that's really cool. So that concludes this week's episode. So that concludes part one of episode number 163 of my 60 Music Podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and if you listen to this week's episode and you've never heard the song before and you did grow up listening to punk rock or that sort of emo rock or, you know, all that sort of music that is, you know, very heavy in a lot of these human feelings and emotions that are expressed in the song, you listen to it like, wow, I've never heard this before, but this is amazing. I can't. It's so exciting to hear like the origins of this sort of music, and you and you hear it for the first time. Like, wow, this is amazing! And you've never heard the song before. You didn't know anything about the music machine, and you got it from me. Please reach out to me and email me at samlcwilliamicloud.com if you grew up listening to music. If you're a millennial specifically, or if you're a Gen Z, more likely if you're a millennial though. But anyways, um. You know, please reach out to me at samltwilliamicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies. And check out more of my original music at samwilliamsmusic.net. Now, the things coming up, uh, you know, with this podcast, again, the interview in two weeks with Brooks Arthur. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Also, I'm probably going to start, you know, this new this new prog- program called Supercast where I'm going to pro- possibly charge people for subscriptions, you know, so I need to do that because I need to start making money with the show. So it's very important I do that. And yeah, so I'll look into that pretty soon. In the meantime, you can check out the things that I, that they put out last year, including the EP I put out last year. Now, I will let you in on this. My next EP I am going to record very, very soon. Um, I wrote four songs in 2021, and I'm going to re-record one of the songs I put out in EP last year. So... Five songs are going to be recorded very, very soon at the end of this month and uh, hopefully be finished by March. So by March, I should have, you know, the tracks fully recorded for my next EP that I'll put out. Hopefully this year, four new songs that were in 2021 plus, uh, you know, one re-recorded one. So I'm very, very excited for that. Um, I'll definitely let you guys know once I've made some progress with that and how those songs are coming along. Yeah, so I'm definitely working on those, um, you know. So I, I've already recorded demos for the song, so I'm going to record them for real on my vocal teaser recording studio. So I'm very, very excited to do that. Yeah, so in the meantime, you can check out the EP I put out this year, plus a music video I put out this year. All that in the description of this episode of this podcast. Please let me know what you think of those two things at Sam. Uh, you can email me at samltwilliamicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartolies. And you can also check out the official uh, Spotify and YouTube playlist for this podcast. You'll be able to find you'll, there. You'll be able to find all the songs I've talked about my show so far, including the ones I mentioned in interview episodes. Please listen to those and let me know what you think of those playlists. You can do that by emailing me at samltwilliamicloud.com. And another thing you can check out is the official Redbubble merch store for this podcast. You'll be able to find. Now, here's the thing. So, this is where I'll need your help the most. Because I will need your help with, um, you know, uh, you know, making money with this podcast because I need to do that because I need to be able to make my payment for this year for this podcast. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that if I don't get financial help. So if you if you go buy some merchandise items from my store, I will get paid for it. 
So please go do that. I would really, really appreciate it if you can do that. And, you know, I would love it if you can do that because I will get paid if you guys purchase items from my store. And, you know, I would really, really appreciate it if you can do that because you would be helping me out with keep helping me keeping helping me continue to do this podcast. I'd really, really appreciate it. Please go do that. Um, you can do that um, by, you know, please let me know what you think of the logo and definitely buy something from it. Once you buy something from it, email me what the picture looks like once you get in the mail at samltblog.com. I'll know when you buy something, but I just want to see what it looks like when you get it in the mail. So um, please go do that because I definitely could use some help with uh, with that. Also, if, if if there's any questions you want me to ask Brooks Arthur, definitely let me know. Definitely email me at samltblog.com because one thing, another thing we're going to get into is that I'm going to talk about his career as a music supervisor for Adam Sandler. Later on, after the sixties ended, and he was not really doing much recording, so I'm gonna talk with him about that. It's gonna be so good, and I'm and I'm really really excited to get to talk to him because uh, I've tried looking up audio interviews of him, and I couldn't find any. So this is gonna be really cool. I'm gonna be talking and gonna have kind of an exclusive on him, which is awesome. I can't wait to do that. But yeah, so I'm Sam Williams, and thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast, the Millennial Throwback Machine. Until next week, please. Keep things groovy.